Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. Hello, everybody. What's going on? And more importantly, welcome back to your favorite Giants podcast, the Say Hey Podcast. Episode 70 to be exact. Wow, I can't believe we made it this far. Folks, I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. So hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. And today, in my opinion, we most definitely have a great show. So make sure to stick around to the very end. Because along with breaking down the signing of Chris Bryant to Colorado and Jock Peterson to the Giants, I'm also going to be informing you all some other moves the Giants have made. And lastly, I'll talk about some things that I believe need to happen in order for the Giants to repeat their success that they found last year. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, be sure to stick around to the very end of the episode in order to be informed and up-to-date as possible on your favorite team, the San Francisco Giants. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode, starting with Chris Bryant going to Colorado. Folks, I gotta be honest, I always have to be transparent with you all. I come to you all today with a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to my emotions. As I'm sure you've all heard, Chris Bryant will no longer be a Giant at least for the next seven years, because that's the amount of years he just signed with the Colorado Rockies. Who knew? I had no idea this was going to happen. Of course, I was hopeful that the Giants and Chris Bryant would come together in order to reach a long-term deal. However, I also was aware that other suitors were in play. But, you know, one thing I didn't expect is that Bryant would sign with a team that, you know, is nowhere close to winning. I will say he did get his bag, all right? Over the next seven years, Chris Bryant is going to be making $182 million. And yes, when you look at that number, that does sound like a lot. However, when you break it down every single year, he's only going to be making $26 million a year. Now, yes, that is a lot. However, I do say only because we have players like Max Scherzer, who's making $43 million a year. Mike Trout, who's making around $32 or $35 million a year. Trevor Bauer, who's making $39 million. You get the picture. In my opinion, and I've said this on the podcast before, I felt as though if Bryant was seeking a $30 million a year deal, then that was going to be way far out of the Giants' budget. I personally felt as though $26 million or below was very suitable for a former MVP. However, you know, the Giants had other plans. Now, with that to say... I still always trust Farhan Zaidi. Did I think Chris Bryant was the perfect fit? Absolutely. Especially when you look at his career numbers at Oracle Park, you'll see that he's produced a 358 batting average and a 1.084 OPS at Oracle Park. That's absolutely fantastic. Not to mention, Bryant was one of the most prominent offensive contributors during the postseason last year against the Dodgers. These were a lot of reasons why I felt Bryant was a perfect fit on top of his position eligibility. But like I said, and as we all know, I am not a member of the clubhouse. I'm not the one that makes the decisions. 
However, with that being said, I was I was kind of depressed as soon as I heard the news, especially since Colorado. I still can't get over that it's Colorado. Now, does he have the potential to consistently hit 30 to 40 bombs every year now for the rest of this contract? Absolutely. We all know what Colorado does to players. However, I'm going to be honest. In my opinion, there's no way he thinks the Rockies can go for it or at least compete this year. I personally believe that the Rockies, yes, even though they still have some pretty good players, at this point, the only ones that can come to mind are Chris Bryant and Charlie Blackman. Literally, those are the only two prominent players besides CJ Crone. Okay, maybe those three players are the only ones that come to mind. It seems as though that the Rockies are willing to move on from Trevor Story. They're not going to re-sign him. And they already traded away one of their best pitchers, John Gray, to the Rangers. So it really doesn't make sense to me. But that, eventually I just have to move on. Especially since even though the Giants did not acquire Bryant, they still made moves. That's right. Our boy, young jock, Jock Peterson, is coming home to the Bay Area. The kid from Palo Alto. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are having underwhelming responses to this signing, considering that we could have had Chris Bryant. Absolutely, that's fair. However, I'll be the first one to say it. After all the reclamation projects we've seen Farhan successfully produce, I wouldn't be surprised if Jock also somehow finds a way to hit 30 bombs into the Pacific Ocean in McCovey Cove this year. Especially when you look at his 2019 season which I've broken down on this show before. In 2019, Jock Peterson hit 36 bombs for the Dodgers. Now, the important thing to note there is that all 36 of those home runs came against right-handed pitching, which, yes, absolutely, that means he is going to be the perfect platoon player or DH for the Giants. They're most definitely going to stack up their lineup with lefties whenever they face right-handed pitching, which includes Jock Peterson. Now, unlike Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson has only played the outfield throughout his entire career, but he's flexible at all three outfield positions, which we love. And something that stuck out to me was that his career numbers at Oracle Park, you'll see a 270 batting average and an 890 OPS, which honestly, that was pleasantly surprising in my opinion, considering that Jock has a career 238 batting average throughout his entire major league experience. And the last thing I'll mention in order to get you guys excited for Jock Peterson is that he won a World Series with the Dodgers in 2020. Then he went on to win another World Series with the Braves in 2021. Now in my lifetime, something that I've consistently heard is that when things happen, they happen in groups of threes. You get it? You see what I'm trying to get here? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All I'm saying is that I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants are World Series champions at the end of the 2022 season. All right, I said it. I threw it out there. I can't take it back. All right, so along with Jock Peterson, the Giants also made two moves to add to their pitching depth. The Giants went out and signed former St. Louis Cardinals starting pitcher Carlos Martinez and former starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, Matthew Boyd. Now, again... I understand your underwhelming feelings. However, I will say this about both of these players. In terms of Carlos Martinez, I encourage you to go back and look at his stats in case you need a reminder of who he once was as a starting pitcher. From the years 2015 through 2018, he was able to make two all-star appearances, but he also averaged a 3.22 ERA during that time. And not to mention, he did strike out over 200 batters in 2017. However, recently, at this point in his career, he's experienced a lot of injuries. But one thing I will say is last year, 
Something that's staring you right in the face when you look at his stat line is a 6.23 ERA. Disgusting. We all agree about that. However, something else we also need to look at from last year is what the right-hander did with his slider. Opposing hitters could only produce a 186 batting average against that pitch. I have a feeling that from here on out, that's going to be Carlos Martinez's bread and butter. In order for him to find success and in order for him to stay at the big league level, he's going to have to utilize that slider a lot more. Now, when it comes to Matt Boyd, he's kind of in the same boat. If you look at his 2019 season, you'll see that Matt Boyd struck out 238 batters, and he did so by throwing his devastating slider 36% of the time. And as a result, opposing hitters can only produce a 189 batting average against that pitch. But when you look at Boyd's 2020 and 2021 season, you'll see that he stopped throwing his slider as frequently, thus resulting in fewer strikeouts. And the last thing I'll say about Boyd is that the 30-year-old is currently recovering from flexor tendon surgery, which means that he will start the season on a 60-day DL stint, and we most likely won't see him until July, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that the Giants, you know, may have found the next two great pitching reclamation projects. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm doing is keeping you guys up to date on the moves that the Giants are making. But if these two guys just so happen to find success along the way, then so be it. I'm all for it. All right, so before we move on to the next topic of today's show, and that's going to be me talking about the things that need to happen this year, in my opinion, in order for the Giants to repeat their success that they found last year, I'll leave you with one more thing, and that's going to be a tweet from Alex Pavlovic. And it reads, quote, Farhan Zaidi on perception, Giants won't spend $100 million plus on a player. And he goes on to quote Farhan Zaidi by saying, quote, That's just not the case. We've had a lot of conversation with pitchers and position players above that amount. It just hasn't worked out, end quote. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, for me, that was comforting to hear because honestly, after Chris Bryant signed with Colorado, I was scratching my head a little bit. I started to say things to myself like, is this Giants front office really not willing to commit to that one big contract? Because yes, even though I love what the Giants are doing currently, doing a full commit to the platoon system, and it worked last year as we've seen, so I'm in full support of that. However, in my opinion, I think there comes a time where a team has to commit to that one big contract that brings in that one big player, the game changer. And as soon as I saw Chris Bryant go to Colorado, I was doubting that this Giants team is willing to do that. So the fact that Farhan Zaidi has come out and said something like, no, we're willing to do it, we're just trying to find the right match, gives me a little bit of peace, and more importantly, it gives me hope. And honestly, I'll be the first one to say it here. Hearing Farhan say that makes me happy that the team isn't willing to be, you know, cheap. Especially when the new luxury tax threshold was just raised in the new collective bargaining agreement. So it, you know, that's a good sign. Because I personally believe it would have been a bad look for the Giants to come out and say we aren't willing to spend that type of money ever. Especially after that new luxury tax threshold was just raised. So it's good to know that they're willing to spend. They're just looking for the right fit. All right, here we go. Moving on to our next segment. And that's going to be talking about keys to a successful 2022 season. And before we talk about what I believe the keys are in order to find success, I think it's really important for us to establish what we all view as success. What does that really look like for us? And the reason why I ask this is because we all know that repeating a 107-win season is almost impossible, which means we're almost guaranteed to see the Giants win fewer games, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean if they win less than 107, the season is a failure. So what I'm wondering is, 
what would we need the Giants to do this upcoming season in order to consider the season as a whole a success? Do they need to win the division again? Do they need to finish at least in second place? How about making the playoffs any way possible? Or what about this? 20 plus games above 500? What do we need the Giants to do? For me, I don't necessarily need them to win the division, but I would love for them to make the playoffs and at least be 20 games above 500. In my opinion, that would be a fantastic mark of what a successful season looks like. So in order to accomplish those feats, what do the Giants need to do? First thing for me, the young bucks in the rotation, they need to ball out. And who am I referring to as young bucks in our starting rotation? Logan Webb, obviously, but also Tyler Beatty. All right. Logan Webb has been officially named the chosen one. He's going to be the ace of our staff. I think personally, the reason why the Giants felt comfortable enough to let Kevin Gosman walk is because of their confidence in Logan Webb to be the foundation of this rotation. That being said, Logan Webb needs to perform as that, and I fully expect him to do so. Along with his otherworldly performance in the postseason last year, Buster Posey also stated in his retirement press conference that Logan Webb is something he's never seen before. The way he performed in the postseason was truly something special. And when I hear that from the future Hall of Fame catcher, Buster Posey, that tells me that Logan Webb is most definitely ready to make the next step in his career. It just needs to happen, though. And if anyone watched the first spring training game Friday night, you would have seen that Logan Webb is already in midseason form. He pitched a total of two innings and struck out five, picking up right where he left off at the end of the postseason. So not only do I need Logan Webb to perform like the ace, I fully expect him to do so as well. Moving on to Tyler Beatty. This man's time has run out. He no longer has any minor league options left. But I personally believe the former first round pick will become another successful comeback story from Tommy John surgery. Now, I've talked about Tyler Beatty before on the podcast, stating that Beatty has progressed nicely since his surgery in late March of 2020. In fact, he was actually able to pitch at the big league level last year during the 2021 season. Yes, it was only for one inning, and it was during a situation where the Giants were winning 9 to nothing. but nonetheless... Being able to make an appearance at the big league level without feeling any pain or discomfort is most definitely a win for BD, especially since the velocity he put on display with his fastball still looks to be elite, sitting at 97 miles per hour. And along with that fastball, BD also carries a devastating changeup and slider combination that both feature heavy movement and run to both sides of the plate. And on top of all that, BD also throws a curveball that drops like no other. The issue right now with Beatty is a common theme with recovering Tommy John throwers, and it's that is his command with his pitches going to be the same since before the surgery? Well, the velocity with this fastball is there, and the movement on his off-speed and breaking pitches is also there. The command just needs to fall into place, which I believe it will. I'm not saying Beatty has the potential of becoming the next Logan Webb, but I am saying that Beatty has an enormously high ceiling if he could put everything together. And I personally believe the Giants think he can, hence the behavior of the front office before the lockout. The Giants could have signed any pitcher they wanted. They easily could have locked up Gosman. But for some reason, they chose not to go after a big name on the market and settled for Alex Cobb. And I believe it's because the Giants know what they have in these two young arms in Logan Webb and Tyler Beatty. The addition of the flamethrower Carlos Rodon, and with the veteran presence of Alex Wood, Anthony Descofani, and Alex Cobb all coming to this rotation, 
I believe all those factors are going to alleviate and help the pressure that is sitting on the shoulders of Logan Webb and Tyler Beatty. Now, I expect those veterans I just mentioned, I expect them to perform the way they have always performed. However, if Logan Webb and Tyler Beatty can each take the next step in their careers, I feel as though that'll be a huge stepping stone for the Giants in order for them to find success again this year. Moving on to the next key that needs to happen in order for the Giants to find success, and that's going to be starting with the catcher position. If there's anything we've learned about the 2020 season, it's when Buster Posey is gone, it's noticeable in a big way. And that's obvious, but I bring this up because Joey Bart potentially has some weight bearing on his shoulders now. And I hate doing that to the guy. I really do, but it's true. When a rookie catcher steps on the biggest stage in the world, a big part of his job description is to successfully navigate a big league starting rotation. Now, I suspect that Bart will be ready when the time comes, but I also believe that if we start to see the defense look a little sloppy, that'll have an overwhelming negative effect on this Giants team as a whole. And again, I really hate to put that much pressure on a rookie, but unfortunately, that's just the reality of the situation. Luckily, the Giants still carry Kirk Casale, so if an easier transition is necessary, the Giants would be able to do so, considering that Kirk Casale is a seasoned veteran and has already plenty of experience with the current starting rotation that's in place. But ultimately, we all know that the end goal is for the team to be comfortable enough to have Joey Bart be a full-time catcher one day. All right, the last key to success that I have for the 2020 season is going to be maintaining a selfless mindset in the clubhouse. What do I mean by that? As we all know, and especially after what we've seen with the Jock Peterson signing, this front office and the coaching staff are all in and fully committed to the platoon system. However, that only works if you have a bunch of selfless guys in the clubhouse. It worked last year. That's what they had. They had a team of selfless guys that wanted to win games and guys who didn't care about their own personal stats or their own personal accomplishments. That's what needs to happen again this year and for years to come if this front office and coaching staff are going to stay fully committed to the platoon system. And that's kind of why I understand why Farhan Zaidi is being so particular with every single move that he makes. The front office needs to make sure that whoever they sign has to be aware that they may not play every single day. Because the platoon environment only works if you have selfless people in the clubhouse. Now, even though Jock Peterson is not Chris Bryant, the move still makes sense for our team. I still personally would love another elite right-handed bat like Trevor Story. However, I don't know what's best for this team. I'm just a fan. I'm just someone that's talking on a microphone. The people who know what's best for this team are already in the clubhouse making moves behind the scenes. Moves that we can't see or have any insight to. And it seems as though they are being extremely particular for this reason. They have to maintain the platoon system and they have to maintain that unselfish culture. Which is why I believe that they have to continue to maintain both that system and culture in order to find success again this upcoming season. We all witnessed firsthand the benefits of what is in place for this Giants team. No matter what was thrown at them last year, Gabe Kapler was fully equipped to counteract whatever move or advantage the opposing team tried to make on the Giants. No matter how good the team was the Giants faced, including the Dodgers, this Giants team was still able to make moves in order to compete against some of the best teams in all of baseball. So in order to do that again, I believe the Giants need to fully commit to this platoon system, which we all know that they are, and the clubhouse needs to maintain that unselfish culture. All right, there we go. I did it. 
I officially saved the 2022 season, and the Giants are now guaranteed to not only make the playoffs, but win the World Series. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. I'm just kidding. Of course, I didn't do anything. I just talk into a microphone. Folks, that's going to be all for today's show. Thank you so much for the continued love and support that you've shown so far up to this point. It truly is overwhelming. Again, I'm James Donahue, the host of the Say Hey Podcast, and you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can leave a rating or a review if you feel so inclined. All right, everybody, continue to stay safe in this crazy world. Continue to be smart, but most importantly, go Giants.